You undoubtedly have heard the song Stacy's Mom, and I'm sure that you also know that she's got it going on. But what you might not know is that what you think to be a one-hit wonder is actually a band that's produced some of the best music of the late 90s and early 2000s. One of our favorite bands, Fountains of Wayne. He was killed by a cellular phone explosion. They scattered his ashes across the ocean. The water was used to make baby lotion. The wheels of promotion were set into motion. Well, I'll tell you something else being set into motion right now. It sounds good to us. I'm Gregory Hill. Yeah, I'm Jordan Stone. This is a music podcast where two friends of 21 years and counting pick one artist per episode and talk about why that artist is awesome to us even if you don't think so. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and listen wherever you get your podcast. Jordan, I am maybe more excited than I've ever been in my entire life, and I've won two Pulitzer Prizes. I have 13 kids. I'm just kidding. But I'm still very, very excited. I want you to kick us off, and we're going to talk about what the band Fountains of Wayne mean to us. So my first question is, how did you first hear about Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, I remember having their debut album, Fountains of Wayne, in the late 90s and loving Radiation Vibe and Sink to the Bottom. But at that point, I wouldn't call myself a big Fountains of Wayne fan yet. I mean, they really only had one album. Then I somehow missed Utopia Parkway. Don't know how. Fast forward to 2003, Welcome Interstate Managers was released. So Greg and I are in high school and Stacy's mom was all the rage. the most popular song in the United States at that point in time. Absolutely. It was everywhere. And this entire album is fantastic. It drew me back into the band. I then discovered Utopia Parkway and my love for Fountains of Wayne started. And my Fountains of Wayne story was in 2003 or four, Greg and I went to a Fountains of Wayne show in Nashville. I was dead set with going to this concert and speaking to the bassist, Adam Schlesinger. When I meet musicians I love, I always try to ask something off the wall to them. And so I had two comments and questions in mind for Adam. Number one, for context, Adam wrote that thing you do, and I wanted to mention that. Number two, I wanted to get some clarity on what I thought would be an obvious error in a guitar solo for Fountains of Wayne. And the good news is, There was really no backstage that was blocked off. And so the band finishes their set and Adam Schlesinger is just kind of milling around. Greg and I see him. We walk up to him and I go without hesitation. Hey, Adam, (laughs) good to meet you. You wrote that thing you do, which is one of the best songs of all time. (laughs) And he just kind of looked at me like, what, what are, what are you, what are you doing? This is kind of weird. It was really awkward. It was really, really awkward. He didn't know what to say. I don't think he said anything. He just kind of stared at me. So I I moved on to my second question. And uh, I had a question I needed answers to. So for context, I've always noticed that on the guitar solo for She's Got a Problem, there's a very obvious missed note. Or the guitar is out of tune, one or the other. So I asked him, 
on She's Got a Problem, why did you leave in an errant guitar note? Why did you do that? And he responded, we left it in on purpose. We thought it would be funny. And that is Fountains of Wayne and why I'm excited to talk about them today. I have two things I want to say. Number one, you buried the lead a little bit because this show was surrounded by a fence and we weren't 21 yet, so we couldn't get in. So you had a friend. I don't know who this was. Memory. Somebody who like worked in the music industry who basically vouched for us to like sneak in, but acceptably sneak in via the side fence. And then you go over there and sort of like betray his trust by making a complete fool out of yourself. I don't remember this. I'm so glad you have a good memory because I don't. That's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So I did first hear about Fountains Away in 1997. And the reason why I heard about them was they were a guest on a probably very little known show to our listeners, the Jenny McCarthy show. Now, for any of you who grew up in the 90s, Jenny McCarthy was beautiful. She was a Playboy model. She was best known for being the on-air talent for a show called Single Out, where basically it was like a dating show on MTV in the mid-90s that if you were in middle school or high school, you watched every week. And Jenny McCarthy was beautiful, and she was funny, and she was crass. I'm sure a lot of 11-year-old boys epitome of what a woman could be. And then she got her own show, and it was called The Jenny McCarthy Show, and it was a very bizarre format for a show. This is like a contemporary of Mr. Show, Kids in the Hall, maybe not that funny at its peak, but it really took chances. And one of the chances it took is it had very intimate interviews and then sets with some of our favorite bands. I want to give you just a sense of the incredible guest list from just the first season of which Fountains of Wayne also appeared, which is how I heard about them. She had the President's United States of America. She had Cake. She had Ben Folds 5. She had the Cardigans, Erica Badu, the Roots, early Roots performance, the Bloodhound Gang, Hanson, the Wallflowers, and then finally Fountains of Wayne. As a kid, I loved all of these bands, and I loved staying up late, watching this show, and, and seeing them play. So that was where I first heard about them. Go on YouTube, and you can see them play, and they technically played two songs after being interviewed. They played Sink to the Bottom, which is one of my favorite Fountains of Wayne songs, the first one that I heard. I loved the way they played it. And then during the credits, they also covered ELO's Can't Get It Out of My Head, which you can only see in the credits of the YouTube video, but then they also put that on out-of-state plates. Before they played, they interviewed on this sort of strange couch where they're all laying on this couch together with Jenny McCarthy, which would have been my dream as an 11-year-old. She asked them questions, and they talked very candidly. They told a story about the name of Fountains of Wayne. It's a store in New Jersey, which we'll talk about a little bit later. They also told about how big of nerds they were, and that really spoke to me because I was really nerdy in middle school, and these guys were nerdy in middle school, and they're laying on a bed with Jenny McCarthy. Fast forward to high school, after being a Fountains of Wayne fan since 1997, Stacy's mom came out, and I had the CD, and the entire album was fantastic. So that's my memory with Fountains of Wayne. Let me get a little bit into artist background here. Number one, Fountains of Wayne's American rock band. They're from New York City, which... Growing up, that was always a place we wanted to end up. The band consists of Chris Collingwood, who is on guitar and vocals, who's commonly misunderstood as being Adam Schlesinger. I think a lot of people you talk to, they like think that Chris Collingsworth is Adam Schlesinger, which is always a funny problem. But then Adam Schlesinger is the bassist, but also does the majority of the songwriting. He was the one who wrote that thing you do. Jody Porter uh, on guitar and Brian Young on drums. Adam and Chris, who are the front of the band, met as freshmen in college at Williams College in Williamstown, Massachusetts. 
They ended up forming different bands, but then they came back together in 1995 while in New York City. I mentioned in the Jenny McCarthy story that the name actually comes from a lawn ornament store in New Jersey. And I'm still constantly confused about why New Jersey shows up so much in Fountains Away music because neither of them are from New Jersey. But obviously, they're around New York a lot, so that must have been in their head at some point. I want to also, Jordan, tell you a couple of the other possible band names. Tell me if you like any of these. Number one, Woolly Mammoth. It's okay. I'm sure they'd still be as famous, but it's not great. Yep. Are You My Mother? Terrible. Three men who, when standing side by side, have a wingspan of over 12 feet. It would have never worked. That's the name of a band (laughs) who does not think that they're going to be famous. I agree. But... They ended up on Fountains of Wayne, which is a great name for a band. They signed with Atlantic Records, at which point then Jody and Brian joined the band, so they were now a foursome. They released five studio albums over the course of their career. Fountains of Wayne, self-titled in 96, Utopia Parkway in 99, Welcome Interstate Managers in 03, Traffic and Weather in 07, and Sky Full of Holes in 2011. We'll dig into some of those albums on the episode today. But then tragedy struck, in a sense, for them professionally. Atlantic dropped them in 99. The band effectively broke up. They had these differences between the uh, label and themselves. And they really didn't make music together for a while. They all kind of did their own thing. Adam Schlesinger is in a band called Ivy. He played in that a lot. And the other folks made some music as well. But then they later reunited to create Welcome Interstate Managers, which then yielded their biggest national hit. The whole album was completely self-funded. They were not on a label. They funded the money to make what I think most people would say is their best album. That's and impressive. It's awesome, right? It's their only gold album, and Stacey's Mom is their only Billboard Top 40 hit. They received two Grammy nominations in 2003 for Best New Artist and Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal. They didn't win either, unfortunately. They broke up in 2013 and stopped making music. And very tragically, I think for both of us, Adam Schlesinger died of COVID-19 complications in 2020. And this was heartbreaking for me. This was like losing a family member, right? I mean, this yeah. was terrible why don't you get us kicked off as we get into what does fountains of wayne sound like what are they like as a band what's one song you would pick that just best exemplifies who they are as a band the song i chose is red dragon tattoo from utopia parkway take a listen This is a quintessential Fountains of Wayne song because it follows a format that Fountains of Wayne is known for. Number one, and most importantly, it's not pretentious. Fountains of Wayne is one of the least pretentious bands you'll ever hear. Number two, it's fun. Number three, it tells a story, which most Fountains of Wayne songs do, and this one happens to be about getting a tattoo. It has random references. They're a very, very literal band, which we're going to talk about today. They reference Basil Hayden in this song, a 38 special CD collection, which is a band. Back Teen, Easy Rider, just very random things that people wouldn't normally mention in a song. It has simple chord progressions, a catchy chorus, and last but not least, claps. Very quintessential Fountains of Wayne. And side note, although it is kind of a major side note, this song, the more and more I listen to it, the more I notice it sounds like a contemporary Beatles song, which is cool. And I'm going to bring that up a little later when we dive into more songs, but Fountains of Wayne does have a Beatles, early Beatles sound to me. So what you're saying is when you do the trailer for this, you're going to say Fountains of Wayne is better than the Beatles. Yes, I am. Great. I agree. Put that on the record. It's funny we both chose songs from Utopia Parkway because it's honestly probably the album that I've listened to the least now I will say I've listened to Fountains of Wayne possibly more than any other band, which is is crazy to me. I I love Fountains of Wayne, 
but I, I go to Utopia Parkway the least outside of the song Utopia Parkway, which I chose here. But it's crazy that we both chose songs off that album. And so Utopia Parkway is my choice. Give it a listen here. Well, I've been saving for a custom So this song to me is what would be created by a Fountains of Wayne artificial intelligence bot. You sort of put it in and you pushed a button and out would come this song. It's very pop rock. We'll talk about a lot of attempts they make at different genres, sometimes for fun, sometimes for serious, but this is core pop rock. It's very efficient. It's only three minutes and seven seconds. They get in, they get out, they make a point and they, they stop. Robbie Folks wrote a song called Fountains of Wayne Hotline, which it's kind of crazy that someone would write a song about another band that's a contemporary. Now, most people think that he's making fun of Fountains of Wayne. He said explicitly that he's not. This is an homage to Fountains of Wayne. He said that really no one else writes hooks in music better than Fountains of Wayne. In this song, he talks about this thing called the radical dynamic shift, which is the vocals sound the same, but then the backing musical track goes in a different direction. And this song has that. I think that Utopia Parkway is the most representative of their sound. I think it's their catchiest song. It got stuck in my head this week so much in the research. All right, so let's get to artist comps. Goal of this section is just, if you haven't heard of Fountains of Wayne, or if you like Fountains of Wayne, so this can go both ways, we want to tell you about some other bands that sound similar or have different feelings, or maybe are contemporaries that we think that you should like. And so we're going to outline a couple here. Jordan, get us started. I'm going to start with a fictitious band, which it's fair to say that maybe the history of this podcast, I mean, future and past, it may never happen again. I'm starting with The Wonders and That Thing You Do. Take a listen. You may or may not recognize this song, depending on your age. It's from the 1997 comedy with Tom Hanks called That Thing You Do. And it's the title track from it, and it's by a fake band. But this song was written by Adam Schlesinger, the bassist of Fountains of Wayne. Rest in peace. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm obsessed with this movie. I know most of the words to it. The first 30 minutes of the movie I can recite from heart. It's just one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's such a good movie with a great soundtrack. This is probably the best song ever by a make-believe band. I don't know how long that list is, but no question in my mind that it is. It's basically a Fountains of Wayne song with a different singer. And even the singer they chose to do that thing you do sounds like Chris Collingswood, yep. doesn't he? I mean, they sound very similar. I actually um, knew it wasn't, but I had to verify before yeah. doing the research for this to make sure it wasn't. Yeah, it sounds just like him. So it's basically a Fountains of Wayne song. I chose one that... I don't know if people think this would be a, a strange choice. Rilo Kiley. I'm a big Rilo Kiley fan. The song Portions of Foxes is one of their most popular. You can hear it here. For me, Rilo Kiley is a really good pop rock band. We talk about genres all the time and who the fuck knows what genres mean, but... They're an indie band, but they make really good pop rock music. Their instrumentation, their hooks, their melodies, the subject matter. It really always has reminded me of Fountains of Wayne. I don't think there's any explicit influences. I don't think their fans probably listen to each other. Rilo Kylie has a little bit more cred than Fountains of Wayne. It's not an accident that I'm such a big fan of both bands. I think they walk in similar circles. Next is Sooner or Later by Fastball. 
90s rock is my favorite sub-genre, and if you've listened to this podcast at all, you have heard me say that I have the top 90s rock playlist on Spotify. This is right in my wheelhouse, and to me, Fastball is really more than a one-hit wonder, and I really love their album, All the Pain Money Can Buy, and this is another song that could just be re-recorded by Fountains of Wayne and would sound very similar. Agreed. My next choice, Jordan, are you a They Might Be Giants fan? I like them, but I don't listen to them very often. Got it. Well, my next choice is the song Twisting by them. John Flansborough and John Linnell have very distinct vocals that almost take you out of the music. I wouldn't describe myself as a They Might Be Giants fan either, but I listened to some like non-zero amount of They Might Be Giants when I was younger. And I just kind of put them in the same box because Chris Collingsworth's his voice is very, very distinct. And while John Flansborough and John Linnell are probably more on like the John McRae distinctiveness end of the spectrum, their music is really poppy and irreverent like Fountains of Wayne. We like bands that don't take themselves seriously. That's kind of like a theme of 90s rock. And so they fit into that, even though their music's a little bit more out there than Fountains of Wayne. I think it fits if you're looking for another band that you might not have listened to a lot and want to kind of go back into the 90s time capsule, give They Might Be a Giants another check. Next up for me is FNT, which stands for Fascinating New Thing by Semisonic. So fun fact, I discovered this song back in the day watching the 1999 romantic comedy 10 Things I Hate About You. It's on the Great soundtrack. Film. Fun fact. Semisonic is another band for me. That's more than a one-hit wonder. You know them for closing time, but this is FNT, and it's from their 1996 album, Great Divide, and it's one of their best songs. It has a very Fountains of Wayne feel to it. Check out the rest of that album, and you'll get some Fountains of Wayne vibes. Cool. Uh, my last one in an attempt here to be as weird as possible in these comps, so much so that I almost don't know if people will believe that I, I actually thought about this as a comp, but Big Star, one of my favorite bands from the 70s, and I never would have pulled this out. Big Star is basically an alt-country rock band. Big Star has a song called 13. Would you be an And I'm kind of cheating here because I've read that Big Star was a big influence on Fountains of Wayne. They have songs that sound like the Allman Brothers. They have songs that sound like John Prine. They have songs that sound like Wilco. They're just all over the place. Think Uncle Tupelo, but 20 years earlier. I know that they were an influence, and so I listen to a lot of Big Star, and I, I don't see it on every song, but I do see it a little bit on the song 13. The songwriting, the storytelling... Fountains of Wayne has some folkier and really country-influenced songs that I think you're going to talk about later, Jordan. So it just it does kind of fit there, but I mostly just want to plug Big Star because I love Big Star, and I think you will too. So give their entire catalog a try, but start with 13 and tell us if you think it sounds anything like Fountains of Wayne. All right, so let's get into the songs. Every episode, we attempt to create what we believe to be the perfect playlist for that band. Jordan and I made a list and I think there's like 35 songs on it that we considered, but we whittled it down to 10 to talk about today. Check out the playlist that we're making. The easiest way to find it is by going to 
www.soundsgoodtous.com. There's a link there that you can check them all out. The first track on our playlist is Denise from Utopia Parkway. I love this song, but I had this as a listener request, and this one comes from Chad, a friend of mine who is a fellow audio engineer and music producer. We worked together from 2002 to 2004 at the Sound Kitchen. Shout out to the Sound Kitchen in Nashville. It's a recording studio. Chad also had a power pop band called the Hot Rocks at this time. Check them out. They're really good. They're great. Really good band. And here's Chad's thoughts on Denise. Quote, I think the production is killer. The melody is super catchy and the do ya, do ya o's are super fun. And he loves how the song pays homage to Devo, fun band. And then quote, when the hand claps hit in the chorus, it just pops so hard. End quote. And I agree. I've never heard someone say pops so hard. I've heard people say I know. Say like, that's, you know like, that's amazing. Like <laughs> that I'm adding amazing. it to my vernacular. Absolutely. My first choice is a song, Sink to the Bottom from Fountains of Wayne. I want to sink to the bottom with you. I want to sink to the bottom Now, this is probably, I say in the notes in italics, it's really hard to choose, but it's probably my favorite Fountains of Wayne song. Utopia Parkway is probably in italics, a close second. It's just overall an underrated 90s alt rock song. I, does this song exist on your 90s playlist? I'd have to look. I doubt it does. And that's not, that's not anything against you. I don't, you, I don't think I, so, no. Most people don't think of it as a 90s rock song, but I'm here to say it is. This song is just as good as any other, like, in a vacuum 90s alternative rock song. It got some play on radio stations, but it wasn't super popular. Maybe I'm alone in this, but I think it belongs in that pantheon. It's very stripped down in parts, but then it shifts to hard guitar and I really love how it goes back and forth between those two sounds. The words are self-deprecating and just nerdily romantic. Like, it founds away in a lot of uh, it's aspirational romance. You never feel like they actually ever have a girlfriend. They're always talking about wanting a girlfriend. And this song is no different. I love Chris's voice on this track. And almost most of all, I just love how the guitar solo has three notes. It's literally just three notes if you listen to the song. Yeah. And even I could play that in middle school. Next up for me is The Girl I Can't Forget from Out of State Plates. So I chose this because of its simplicity. It is so simple. The song starts off with, well, she picked me up in a German car and she took me out to an Irish bar. And then I love the chorus. It was the night I can't remember with the girl I can't forget. I love the song for the simplicity. It's just such a great Fountains of Wayne song. Back to my comment. I'm going to bring this back. Fountains of Wayne having a contemporary Beatles sound. This also sounds like a Beatles song to me. And for those people who are sitting there rolling their eyes, I know you're doing it right now. The Beatles were not that complex. They're the best band of all time, hands down, period. But the Beatles had a song in which the chorus was, baby, you can drive my car and maybe I'll love you. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best take it's ever been on any podcast. So so there we go. I love the Beatles. They're incredible. But let's not say there's some kind of complex band. 
So, so far, the headline of this episode is that you think the Beatles were a bunch of no-talent-ass clowns and Fountains <laughs> of Wayne is the best band of all time. Got it. Exactly. I'm here for it, as they say. All right, my next choice is Leave the Biker from the self-titled Fountains of Wayne album. Baby, please, leave the biker, leave the biker, break his heart. Baby, please, leave the biker, leave the biker. To me, this is just the perfect Crush song. Maybe one of the best Crush songs of all time. And I want to explain this why. This is especially true for middle school and high schoolers. This is also, to me, Fountains of Wayne's Jolene, like Dolly Parton's Jolene. And I say that because the narrator of this song knows that he's completely outmatched. There's no chance, just like Dolly Parton knows that Jolene is the ideal version of a woman and she can't do anything about it. The difference is that Jolene, that song is very effective because she's pleading with Jolene. She's saying, please, just you have to give up. The difference in this is like he's just basically shitting on this guy who he knows that he has no chance of convincing anyone that he's better than. I love the pain in his voice when he says, break his heart. Like he's really hopes that this guy feels the pain that he feels by not being in this relationship. Most crush songs are about the crush, right? And there's a smaller subset of songs like Jolene that's about the person that's with your crush and how much you fucking hate them. And this song perfectly gets at that. If you said it was the best Fountains of Wayne song overall, I wouldn't disagree with you. Next is Mexican Wine from Welcome Interstate Managers. I'm a little biased on this one. It's why I chose it. It brings back a lot of high school memories. Popping this into the CD player in my 96 Ford Explorer. As most of you remember, when you put a CD in the player, it auto-plays the first track. And this is the first track on that album. This is my nostalgia pick for the playlist. My choice is Amity Gardens from Utopia Parkway. It's probably my second favorite song from the album Utopia Parkway. But since we already talked about the song Utopia Parkway, I want to add this one on to the playlist. I doubt this is one that most people think about that much, but there's a couple things that I really love. Number one is the falsetto in his voice in the chorus. I think it's the second best falsetto of the 90s behind, of course, Semi-Charmed Life. Don't at me, falsetto purists. I know you're out there and I know that I'm going to get a lot of messages this week, but it also just shows Fountains of Wayne's range. This is a soft ballad. It doesn't pop hard anywhere. It doesn't rock hard anywhere. It's just a sweet song about basically this person who's a little bit broken. He feels some amount of pain and longing for the world before these things changed for her. So it's a really good song, and it's not one that most people probably have heard. So I wanted to make sure it was on the list. Next track is Fire in the Canyon from Traffic and Weather. Leave us to be born into a path straight and narrow. On every crooked road we travel down. So my last two songs for the playlist, including this one, are Fountains of Wayne's contributions to the country genre. Greg and I are both from Nashville. We both love country music. And Fountains of Wayne have two pretty legit country songs. I really love the sound of this song. It's just very fun and light and airy. It's very fun to listen to. It's my favorite song from Traffic and Weather. I didn't want to leave that album out. It's something that I, I wanted to have a song from. We haven't talked about that album a lot today, and I think Fire in the Canyon deserves to be on the playlist. Cool. I'll accept it. 
My next choice is Hey Julie from Welcome Interstate Managers. He's got me running around the office like a dog around a track. But when I get back home, you're always there to rub my back. Hey Julie, look what I think this song encapsulates what it's like to be in love in your 30s. Whereas when you're in your teens and your 20s, it's about sexy, it's about physical, like it's about these unreal expectations that movies and music and everything else puts on you. This song is not unrealistic romance like that. This song is just about all the little things. It's about getting home and you had a bad day and your partner rubs your back, right? These are, these are all the little things that add up and show you as you get older how great relationships can be. But still a catchy pop song. And, and for some reason, I don't know why, when I got to college and told people that I was a Fountains of Wayne fan, there were two camps of people. There were one camp of people who would make fun of me for it, mostly who worked at the radio station that I worked at. That's why I played Fountains of Wayne as much as I could in the after hours on that radio station, and also why I eventually later got uh, fired. But then also the second group are people who only heard of Stacy's mom. Now there's this third very small group for some reason that the only other song they'd ever heard by Fountains of Wayne was Hey Julie. I don't know if it showed up on like a prom playlist or something. I don't know how they ended up listening to it, but I had a couple friends. This was their favorite song. All right, next up is Hung Up on You from Welcome Interstate Managers. While I town Kentucky bourbon, I am waiting for a call. And the moon and stars tonight. It's always amazed me that they dropped a traditional country song into a power pop album. With pedal and guitar. Yeah, with pedal guitar, and it doesn't feel out of place. And fun fact for you, Greg, that was played by contemporary blues musician Robert Randolph from Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Did you really? Know I had no idea. I discovered wow. that today. And for context, he's on Rolling Stone's Top 100 Greatest Guitarists of All Time list. I want to yeah. know that story. We were big Robert Randolph fans in college. I remember He's incredible. us talking about him. He's great. It's somebody I haven't thought about in a long time. He's That's probably the story. best contemporary blues musician. He's fantastic. And this song, Hung Up on You, sounds like a Hank Williams or a Willie Nelson song. My last song is Marine from the album Out of State Plates. I want to give a special shout out to Out of State Plates because it's a great collection of songs. It came out, I think, my sophomore year of college, and I listened the fuck out of it. There were two discs. I was constantly just interchanging them in my car. This song, Marine, is a great pop song. I love the pace of it. It's just like really frenetic in parts. The guitar track alone, if you muted everything else in the mix and you only expose the guitar track, it kind of sounds like a pop punk song, like something that Blink-182 or like Yellow Card or someone would play which is not at all like their guitar usually sounds. But then they add in the synth and the harmonies that really make the mix sound like a pop song. My favorite part of this song is it's a song about being friend-zoned. It's not a song about being broken up with, which is my favorite genre of music. It's not a song really about having a crush by itself. This song, it's almost like Maureen knows that he likes her, but she's so friend-zoned him that she brings him into everything about her love life and it's driving him crazy. Yeah, she gives an explicit detail. And he is just so in despair about this because he likes Marine. The only other thought I could think of that's like about friend-zone is can't fight this feeling. But even that, like you just assume that whoever the fuck the lead singer of Ario Speedwagon is, 
is going to end up being with the person that they yeah. can't fight the feeling about anymore. Yeah. I have no confidence that the narrator of this song is going to end up with Maureen. Let's hand out some awards to Fountains of Wayne. You get three. I get three. Why don't you get us started? One of my three awards here for Fountains of Wayne is Best Power Pop Bands of All Time. That list would also include The Cars, Cheap Trick, and Billy Squire. Second, Best Collection of Songs Written by a Bassist. Paul McCartney of the Beatles makes the list. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Getty Lee of Rush. And, of course, Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. And my last category is Best Artist or Bands. Nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys way too late. They're the only ones. It's a one-band list. Greg, do you know who beat them? A little band called Evanescence. Wake me up Wake me up inside. inside. It's just hilarious that Evanescence beat them for that Grammy. Damn it, that makes me so angry. All right, my three. First, this one's a little weird. It's bands that had multiple careers in one. Bands that I think about who did this, Green Day. So you have Dookie and Nimrod. They obviously made music, but then they really come back big. Like we're not talking about like releasing an album. We're talking about national consciousness then with American Idiot. So I consider those to be two careers in one. You two, you have Joshua Tree through a Chung Baby, but then they come way back in the 2000s with All That You Can't Leave Behind. Shout out to 60 Share with Sonny Bono, but then coming back in 1998 with Believe, which was on everyone's tongue. And then honorable mentions, Beach Boys and Satana. Second award that I want to give out to Fountains of Wayne is much more than a one-hit wonder. We talked about this in a previous episode about Marcy Playground. I think there's a list of bands that it's just criminal that they are only known for having one song, Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy, Wallflower, One Headlight, Phantom Planet, California. Founds of Wayne will always be known for Stacy's Bomb. They'll always be the, hey, that's a Stacy's Mom band, just like the wonders and that thing you do. But I hope today you've seen that this is a great band who's released a ton of great music over the years, before and after Stacy's Mom. All right, so Jordan, as we kind of wrap up here, let's talk about two things about Fountains of Wayne in general. What was, or is even though they're not a band anymore what was their peak as a band i think i have the benefit here of going first (laughs) and uh, this is the easiest question we've maybe ever answered in the history of the podcast and the answer is stacy's mom in 2003 was their peak no question you can't really argue that i don't think the song was everywhere it was a massive massive hit everyone just about that you would play that song for now in 2021 recognizes it knows the song What was cool about it at the time is that it was a rock song being mixed in with pop and hip hop songs being played Mm -hmm. at parties. It really was ubiquitous along with all of the other pop, rock, hip hop hits at the time. That was their peak. Agreed. That whole album, maybe that's the only change I would say is, yeah. I do really think that everyone after listening to this episode should go listen to the rest of Welcome Interstate Managers if you've only listened to Stacey's Mom. The album is great. I think it's their sort of peak in creativity. There's a lot of parts on there that sound very different than the rest of their career. All right, so Jordan, usually we ask here, you know, what would we like to see them do next? Unfortunately, as you mentioned earlier, Pounds of Wayne isn't a band anymore. Adam Schlesinger passed away tragically last year with complications to COVID-19, which for both of us was really, really, really upsetting. And I, I don't think this is like a, you know how some bands, the lead singer will pass away and they replace them with somebody else. 
I, I don't think Adam Sessions is replaceable in Fountains of Wayne. I think he was the backbone of this band. So I don't anticipate Fountains of Wayne making any more music. So knowing that they're no longer a band, what would you like to see them do to carry on the Fountains of Wayne legacy? I'm the kind of fan where it reaches a point where I don't need new music. I'll give you an example. I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan and all of the members are living. They're probably technically broken up still at this point, but I honestly don't want another Rage Against the Machine album. I'm kind of worried. Is it not going to be good? Is it going to tarnish their legacy? I'm okay with what I have. And for Fountains of Wayne, it's the same thing. I'm good with their catalog. The music's great. There's plenty of content and they've provided enough music for the world to enjoy fountains of Wayne and be fulfilled. So I'm okay with them calling it quits and we get what we've gotten. Yep. I agree. We've talked a lot on this podcast about bands legacy and whether the legacy is being loved or being rich or being respected. There's lots of different legacies. I, I know how a lot of fans that we've met over the years of fountains of Wayne they love Fountains of Wayne. They're either not remembered or they are really loved. And this especially rang true in the outpouring of, of grief and then ultimately sort of memorialization after Adam died. And so I, I think Fountains of Wayne has a, has a strong place in their fans' heart. I know they had some troubles a band over the years, getting dropped by their label, everything else. I just hope they're all like creatively fulfilled as individuals, I hope they really appreciate the time that they had as a band. I hope that they're able to capitalize off of their time in Fountains of Wayne and do whatever they want to do as individuals going forward, knowing to your point that the time that we had with Fountains of Wayne was a time that we'll never forget. So I'm on the same page. Cool. Well, Jordan, that wraps us up. Check out the playlists that we're making that accompany these episodes. The easiest way to find it is by going to www.soundsgoodtous.com. There's a link there that you can check them all out. Thank you. See ya. <laughs>